Welcome to the Working Smarter Podcast, presented by Calabrio. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabrio, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Welcome back to the Working Smarter Podcast presented by Calabrio. As always, I am your host, Brad Snedeker. And again, as always, I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our little podcast here. And I have to say it's been great seeing the audience for this podcast grow over the last year. And I've gotten some really great comments, some really great feedback. So please keep that coming. Uh, Really appreciate your comments. Today, we have a special treat for you. We have our second guest from radio. So joining us in the studio is Denise Sheldon, the supervisor of quality for radio. And Denise is a true analytics practitioner. If you are someone or your organization is looking at an analytics solution, whether it's speech analytics, desktop analytics, text analytics, a full suite, whatever it happens to be, there are some great practical tips contained within this podcast where Denise walks us through how she goes about solving a problem through analytics and the analytical steps that she takes from start to finish to provide an answer and a solution and monitor these types of issues. So there's some really great information contained within this. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, Again, particularly if you're someone who is either new to the analytics world or maybe somebody who's been using it for quite a while, but is looking for ways to get more out of a solution like that. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to the interview. All right. And joining us in the studio today is Danny Sheldon from Radial. So it's great to have another another guest from Radial. Uh, you know, as obviously one of our first guests on the on the podcast was uh, Nicole Price, uh, who. So we're really uh, happy to, again, partner up with you guys and, and, and share some of your knowledge. We talked about this a little bit last night uh, as uh, as a as a as a BPO organization. Mm-hmm. I think the value that, uh, you know, learning from people within your your industry mm-hmm. uh, is really valuable to everybody. You get, you get to, to talk to so many different clients. Mm-hmm. So really appreciate you, uh, having you here, having you at the conference and, and taking the time to sit down and, and talk with us. So well, no problem, Brad. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank Happy you. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So with that, maybe I'll just, uh, if you could just give us a quick introduction, um, tell us about, uh, you know, who you are, your role, uh, at radial, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got started in the contact center industry sure. and some of your experiences there. Sure. So I'm Danny Sheldon. I'm the supervisor of quality at radio. Um, And actually, Nicole Price is my manager. Uh, She's over the customer experience. She's the manager of customer experience. I'm the supervisor of quality. Um, I've been with radio now for almost five years. And initially, I started out as a supervisor at radio uh, of uh, customer care. And then about two years ago, I moved into the quality management position. Prior to that, I was with Verizon Wireless for about 15 years. Um, I started there as an agent and then quickly moved up the corporate ladder, if you will, from agent uh, to our implementation department, to our government department, um, and then uh, finally ending with, uh, I was a consultant for performance management. 
So there's a wide uh, array of experience there, various experiences within the uh, customer service sector. Um, but I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a path that you hear so often, right? People, mm-hmm. people come in, they start out a, as an agent, mm-hmm. um, you know, and some sort of bug bites you <laughs> and, and you get you know interested in, in the idea of customer service mm-hmm. and, and quality mm-hmm. and, and contact centers. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to have, you know, folks like you in, in these types of roles because you, you've touched every, mm-hmm. every aspect of, of the yeah. customer experience. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's a great experience particularly in your role as a, as a quality supervisor, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, being able to bring that experience to, to, to bear. Um, and as yeah. I, as I mentioned, you know, the, 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 the idea of working in a BPO having mm-hmm. to, it's, it's, it's like you're supporting do- dozens of contact Absolutely. centers. You know? Absolutely. And we have various, um, verticals or clients, if you will, all of them need something different. But the thing that they all need is a great customer experience. So regardless of the uh, process and procedure or the standard operating procedure, if you will, they all want their customers to have a great experience. It speaks to or it lends itself to the customer loyalty piece. Right. They want their customers to stay loyalty. We don't want to leave money on the table Mm -hmm. or to put it even better, cost avoidance. Mm -hmm. Right. If FCR is up, that means I'm sorry, if FCR is uh, is, uh, low, Mm -hmm. that means that. Um, I've got to call you in, Brad, and have you stay or do some overtime. Mm-hmm. And I want to avoid that cost. Right. So with that in mind, I think the one thing that every uh, all of our clients want is to have a better experience. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the project really was about. Yeah. How can we help um, our agents to appreciate why the customer needs that experience? Um, and so that's what the sentiment project was all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is something, uh, again, you, you actually came here specifically, mm-hmm. um, to kind of share it to the, to the conference here, um, to share specifically your experience with this, this sentiment project. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what your, first of all, you know, where'd the idea come from? Um, uh, you know, uh, and, and what's the methodology? How, how have you been going about it? Sure. So, um, one of the things that we do, uh, most companies do it, is there's a post-transactional survey that goes out. Of course, that survey um, provides us with feedback. And so for this particular client, um, there's a number of surveys that go out. And I'd say, honestly, we'd probably get about 10% of those surveys back. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at anywhere from about mm, 2,500 to maybe uh, 3,000 surveys a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an array of questions, the overall satisfaction, um, first contact resolution, rep demeanor, rep knowledge, um, and customer effort. Mm-hmm. So in looking at that feedback that the customer sends, we really thought about this is pretty low considering industry standards. Mm-hmm. Why is it so low and how can we change it? And so this was for, as I, I think I stated, a beverage company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we figured was Let's take a look at some of these calls. Why is FCR so low? Mm -hmm. Why is the customer effort so high? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we decided to do was have our operations team, which was the supervisors, and then um, customer experience team, which would be myself, Nicole, and some of my quality analysts, um, really think about how we could do better in that area. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we use Calabrio. Calabrio has a dashboard. That dashboard, once analytics, of course, is turned on, that dashboard will let us know whether a contact is uh, neutral 
whether it is positive or whether it's negative. Mm -hmm. So really we focused on what Calabrio had, not that the the surveys, uh, the surveys did play a part, but Mm -hmm. we really tried to pay attention to uh, what Calabrio had in regards to the analytics piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, just in looking at it, neutral was very high. The number of neutral the na- sentiment The number contacts. of neutral sentiments yeah. with high. So this um, sentiment was not based on tone, but it was based on words that were used between mm-hmm. both the agent as well as the customer. Mm-hmm. And so um, in looking at that, we started an eight-week pilot with this particular beverage company. That pilot started um, early June, and it lasted until the end of July, so a total of eight weeks. Um, And what I specifically asked was that our operations team listens to as many calls as they like, but I focused on neutral calls. Okay. And then, as we talked about before, um, Shep Hyken, he Mm -hmm. says the customer is fine. Mm -hmm. So to me, that neutral call meant neither one, the customer or the agent, is doing anything good or bad. They're Mm -hmm. just fine. Mm -hmm. So what I found was that in listening to those neutral calls, there were a lot of canned responses. Mm. Okay, sure. Yeah. I can help. So those canned responses, what we realized was that those responses, while they are a normal response, it didn't necessarily help the scenario Mm -hmm. or move that conversation uh, to a positive status uh, in Calabria. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's that, you know, it bears out. I, I, and again, um, one of the things that I'm, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of. And when I, when I talk to people, I always like to think about, I put things into perspective selfishly as myself, as a customer, right? Mm -hmm. How, how, what do I respond well Mm -hmm. to, and what Mm -hmm. do I, you know, not respond Mm -hmm. as, as positively to. And, um, you know, what it all boils down to in, in many cases is if I don't feel like the agent really cares Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I kind of just, it's an, it's an, it's a fine or, you know, in many cases, a negative experience for me. It's like when I, when I actually connect with an agent and it feels like they actually care mm-hmm. about what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So what it boils down to a lot of times is building empathy mm-hmm. and the, and those canned types of mm-hmm. responses are not going to do that. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, you said something earlier about, uh, emotion. Mm-hmm. And so in my own experience, when the customer no longer um, uses us, that's based off of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, the root cause is what we need to figure out why. Why did the customer have that emotion? Could I have said something differently uh, to move the conversation to a positive light mm-hmm. versus just being neutral or negative? Yeah. And so <laughs> I feel like you're breaking up with me, right? <laughs> the relationship yeah. is being tarnished or it's, it's uh, moving away from a positive light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, 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 you did this kind of root cause mm-hmm. analysis. You looked mm-hmm. at, at these, these neutral sentiment calls, mm-hmm. um, were, were just, uh, to clear, just a clarifying question. Were this, mm-hmm. were these, um, all of the, these were based on those 10% of, of, of contacts that had surveys attached to them. Is that accurate or no? So no, okay. we just wanted to look at the numbers in terms of why is FCR as an example is at 60%. So the, the surveys were what kind of keyed you in that right. we've got an issue. There's an issue here. Then, what is the root cause of this issue? Then we used sentiment analysis to be able to start to dig in and do root Correct. cause analysis. And Correct. We, we, okay. So I'm sorry. No, please. I, I, uh, it's believe me, it's been a long week and my, I just want to make sure I'm understanding everything correctly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so after you, 
identified, you know, mm-hmm. what, what you, what you, you, you believe is the, the root cause, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. kind of canned response, neutral mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. lack of empathy, however mm-hmm. you want to put mm-hmm. it. Um, were you able to implement any kind of change? Absolutely. Okay. So it's what we like to call experience engineering, right? Yep. So based on the words that we say, and first, let me say this, the words and the tone have to be married together. Mm-hmm. So just because I say, if you will, I'm sorry, if my tone doesn't say I'm sorry, I'm probably really not. Right. Or if I say I'm happy to help you, mm-hmm. if I don't sound happy to help you, <laughs> I'm really not. No. Nope. Yeah. So what we really did was uh, put in, if you will, experience engineering. So what is that? Instead of uh, stating I'm sorry, Abby, I can look at that for you. I can understand how you feel. I'd be more than happy to look at that for you. Yeah. So just really tweaking our words, adjusting the verbiage yeah. um, to advocacy verbiage mm-hmm. instead of powerless to help, something that Nicole and I talk about quite a bit, and she's uh, done that here as well in a presentation. We're using customer advocacy statements and warming words, right? So it is certainly something difficult if you're not used to commending a customer for something that they've done well, mm-hmm. or you're not used to saying fantastic. I can help you with that. Thank you so much for those details. I'm yeah. more than happy to look into it. I'd be delighted to find out other alternatives for you for this particular product. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. So let's remove some of the canned responses or what would be considered negative, right? Because if you're sta- stating, I'm sorry, too much in a phone call, uh, the system buckets it as something negative while you're being empathetic. Mm-hmm. It's still, I'm sorry. So the system has bucketed that particular call, if you will, as maybe neutral or negative, depending on how many times it's been said. Mm-hmm. So with that experience engineering, what we did was really move around our verbiage, use warming words. Um, and in our coaching sessions, micro and macro coaching sessions, what we've stated was, please, when you're stating these words, um, your tone and your influx Pitch, pace, and tone should go right along with it. Mm -hmm. And so what we saw was the increase in FCR. We saw an increase in overall customer satisfaction. Uh, We saw an increase in rep demeanor. The agents are now using uh, knowledge-based resources, right? Because they're constantly talking about a resolution and using these positive words that if I'm telling you I'm going to do this, let me use my resource to resolve the issue or the challenge for you. Mm -hmm. And so Across the board, everything went completely up. In in an incredibly short period of time. Yes. Only eight weeks. And and it cost you nothing. I mean, virtually nothing. Obviously. Virtually it, nothing. Because you're already coaching, you're already training, yes. you're already taking mm-hmm. and investing that time mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, it certainly doesn't cost your agents anything to say, you know, to subtly change. That's really what it was, it was a subtle change. Yes. To what they're saying. Absolutely. And it has a huge impact. Huge impact. So what we found was that Uh, When our FCR went up, then there's not a need to call Brad to Mm -hmm. come in and do overtime Mm -hmm. because customers aren't calling back. They've gotten what they needed from the agent. The agent has significantly resolved their issue and then some. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to call back because I don't trust what Brad has stated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, so this, a, a couple of things. So th- this reminds me of, um, uh, one of the, one of the very first clients that I worked with, mm-hmm. uh, from a, when they, from a, on an analytics project, uh, was, was very similar. Uh, it was a, it was actually a, a sales based, uh, organization. And what they found, they were tracking upselling opportunities mm-hmm. and they had some agents that had very, very low upselling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, success rates. Mm-hmm. And 
what they found through their analysis, this was before the days of sentiment analysis. So we did this a lot more, a lot more manually, but, um, we, we went in and we started to analyze. And what we found is, you know, rather than saying this was a, happened to be a travel agency. So when they were booking trips, rather than saying, uh, you know, what they would say is, uh, the book a flight. And then they'd say, you know, do you need a, do you need a hotel or do you mm-hmm. need a rental car? And the customer mm-hmm. would say, nah, I can take care of that. Mm-hmm. When they subtly changed that to, what hotel can I book for you along mm-hmm. with that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what's mm-hmm. your, what, what's your preferred rental car? Mm-hmm. So moving from, uh, you know, kind of just passive language to more active language, their, their, uh, upselling rates, uh, increased significantly across the board. Absolutely. So it, it just speaks to the power of, mm-hmm. of subtle changes in language yes. And connecting more with people mm-hmm. and how important that can be. Absolutely. So especially when we talk about empathetic statements, I understand how you feel. So instead of, um, as I stated before, stating I'm sorry, or if we talk about upsell, you've saved 20% today. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to recommend blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It helps. It works. Especially when you have a company who have uh, promotions, mm-hmm. who have coupons on a consistent basis, yep. and who really look at uh, brand loyalty. So what can we do? What can we change? And as you stated earlier, it doesn't cost anything. Yep. We're already coaching. We're already doing one-on-ones. And we have a group setting of 10 people. There's an interchange of encouragement to use this type of verbiage on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, consistent. So um, we found that uh, we may need to adjust as we've gone through this process. Mm -hmm. And so when I say adjust, what does that mean? Simply um, statements that may have been used that worked on this particular customer, while another customer may call in, that statement may not work. Right. So you may have to use another adjective, something else that would actually work. And so that was one of the things that we noticed. Um, These responses can actually become canned if you continue to use them Mm -hmm. over and over again. So mix it up, Mm -hmm. mix it up. Don't always say awesome. Don't always say fantastic. When you mix it up, then it works for this customer. And then it works for a different customer based on the tone of Mm -hmm. the customer, the demeanor of the customer. So those are some things that we adjusted throughout as well. Yeah. And that's, that's another, that's another, I think a really important point to remember is, um, people aren't robots, you know, people, exactly. people are people, they're individuals. They're all going to respond a little bit mm-hmm. differently to things. So, um, treating them like robots is, is not going to, uh, work out in the long run. It, you know, you can script things down to the, the slightest mm-hmm. little detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, your customers are going to notice that mm-hmm. and they're going to think they're talking <laughs> yes. to a robot, Yes, you know, and they've mentioned it. Yeah. So that was that was another reason for the adjustment. Um, I'd also like to add in, too, that when we made this adjustment, we also recognized that some of the uh, this particular client's process and procedures, some of them erased customer effort. So they actually changed some of their process and procedures based on what we're hearing in these phone calls. Yeah. So I'd like to give you an example. Please. Possible Um, for one of uh, the clients or for this particular client. A customer calls in and they state, well, you know, I have an order coming um, according to FedEx or UPS or Postal Service. It says I received it. So according to the agent, the agent is supposed to say, I'm sorry. Right. We keep in mind we're taking I'm sorry out, but mm-hmm. they're supposed to say, I'm sorry. Let me look into that for you. I'd be happy to look into that for you. Mm-hmm. When we looked at the process, the process was for the agent to ask the customer to maybe ask their neighbor 
about their order. So they had to walk. Oh, wow. <laughs> they may have to walk, right? If you're like me, I live in a rural area now. Yeah. I don't live in the city any longer. Right. So if you're like me, I have to walk two lots over to find out <laughs> if my order was actually delivered to my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how would that make you feel? I wouldn't care for it. I also, I also live out in the country. That's, that's a long walk. Yeah. That's a long walk. <laughs> and if you're in an urban environment, you may not want to talk right, to your Right. I don't want to talk to my right? neighbor. Right. <laughs> so that was a process that they had to look at closely because while the agent did everything in their power, right? I can understand how you feel. I can understand your frustration. I am happy to look into your order for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't use, I'm sorry. Yeah. I used an empathetic statement. I even went in to say, I'm happy to do it. But that process mm -hmm. was such a process that it drove up customer effort. Mm -hmm. And so what they then began to do was look at some of their process and procedures and adjust it according to uh, what we were finding in our, uh, in a sentiment analysis. Yeah, no, that's great. So, um, Kind of bringing it all together then. So you, you, after you started to see these improvements to first contact resolution mm -hmm. and, and customer satisfaction and brand loyalty mm -hmm. and things of that mm -hmm. nature, um, what was your communication strategy for that? I'm curious sure. kind of what your follow up uh, to the project has been so far. I mean, obviously I know it's, it's, it's still relatively new, but. Sure, sure. So um, first, uh, one of the things that we were adamant about is allowing the supervisors to really take control. We had sentiment uh, champions, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So for this particular, and we've also scaled it out since, but for this particular client, each supervisor, if you will, to some extent, um, played a role, but there was one who was a champion really trying to drive results outside mm -hmm. of our conference calls that right. we were having. Um, and then once that champion really got on board and really understood what we were trying to do and was excited about the results after, you know, a week and then the second week and so on and so forth, they began to get so excited, they engaged their agents. Mm -hmm. The agents then began to engage the yep. customers. The customers walked away happy. Yeah. So it was, it was really being consistent. Mm -hmm. um, without the consistency, you're keeping your foot on the pedal. It kind of goes down the tube. So we had to really wrangle in, if you will, everyone. It was a huge, huge effort um, of the ops team, which is the supervisors, and then of uh, the quality team. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, the, yeah. And, and I asked that question, you know, very purposefully because mm -hmm. as I've, I've been kind of documenting what your, your methodology here. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I have to say to, to everybody that's listening in today, what you just heard is a textbook example of the proper way to utilize an analytics package and to implement uh, any sort of a project from analytics. So you, you started, if I can, mm -hmm, and sure. please, if I, if I, if I, if I mischaracterize anything, let me know, but you started with uh, a, a question, right? So we noticed a, 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 a problem mm -hmm. and we asked the question, what is the, what's why, why, mm -hmm. why is this an issue? Um, we're, we're, you know, not seeing the high uh, customer satisfaction that we want to see. We're seeing, you know, first contact resolution issues. You utilize the tool, in this case, speech analytics mm -hmm. uh, and sentiment analysis in particular, 
to do a root cause analysis. So you might have had some hypotheses about you know, what you thought the problem was, mm -hmm. but you actually utilize the tools that are available to you. And again, in this case, you, you happen to be fortunate enough to have a tool with sentiment analysis, which is Absolutely. great. Not everybody has that, but mm -hmm. you know, we talked earlier about you know, if, if, if you don't have a tool like that, it's a little more manual, but mm -hmm. you can still do it. You right? can. Mm -hmm. And you did your root cause analysis and you came to a conclusion that here is the source of our problem. In this case, very simple solution or, you know, relatively in mm -hmm. the, in the big scheme of things, a mm -hmm. relatively simple change where we're ch subtly changing the language. We're, we're implementing an action plan. So that's our next step. We, mm -hmm. we develop, we do root cause analysis. We find the, the root cause. We implement an action plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. We then track the results. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 begin the follow-up phase where we're looking at our results. We're seeing those improvements. So we know now we've, we've validated yes. mm -hmm. our action plan. We've mm -hmm. validated mm -hmm. our hypothesis. And then most importantly, after you started to see those results, you shared that success mm -hmm. and you expanded upon it. Yes. And you're still to this day, I assume, tracking those results, yes. seeing those improvements, mm -hmm. getting people excited. You identified champions that are going to mm -hmm. help uh, and, and, and reinforce what you're doing because you're saying, look here, remember that subtle change that we did? Here's why we did it, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Agent. And Absolutely. here's the tremendous results that we're seeing from that subtle little change. So then the next time, this mm -hmm. is the key, right? It becomes a cycle mm -hmm. because now the next mm -hmm. time you implement an analytics project, everybody has that trust that a, you guys know what you're doing and B, you're going to share those results. Um, mm -hmm. so that it's absolutely textbook when you're, when you're implementing an analytics solution, so this is one of the things that, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm working with new clients mm -hmm. in analytics mm -hmm. can be a big challenge for it. It's how do I, you know, how do I do this? It, you can, it, an analytics tool set can be so powerful mm -hmm. in a lot of cases that yeah. it's overwhelming to people. It can be, it right? can be. One of the things I'd say that we, you have to absolutely start out with is why mm -hmm. and peel back the layers on why to the point where you can't go any deeper. Yeah. This literally that root cause analysis is not just something that you're glazing over. You really have to dig deep to mm -hmm. figure out the why. So it may take you from, as I stated before, the transactional surveys, wait a minute, I'm reading these, but what else is it? Mm -hmm. And on our end, what can we change? We can't change the customer, mm -hmm. right? But we can change their perception. Yeah. And so that was the point. That's the whole goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, uh, this, this has been a, a great case study um, in, in kind of what, what, how to do it correctly. Um, so, and I really appreciate you sharing that experience. Um is there anything else? Uh, is there is there is there an, another project that you can share with us that you might be <laughs> thinking about? I'm just kind of curious well, if it's top secret. I understand, but I wouldn't say top secret, but I will say um, in harmony with what we talked about earlier with some of those processes, we are looking at um, scaling that out to all of our clients mm -hmm. in terms of um, not only just the sentiment piece, but really looking at your process. And what can be changed? So mm -hmm. we're doing our part, right? We're right. adjusting our language. We're using our publicly shared documents and mm -hmm. resources um, to resolve the customer's concern. But now, is your process, does it make the customer do more work than necessary? Mm -hmm. And if it does, 
okay, what do we need to do about it? Yeah. So that's one of the things that we're looking into, yeah. whether it's email, whether it's chat, whether it's over the phone, Great. those things really, really um, should reduce the customer effort. Mm-hmm. If you have high customer effort, your brand loyalty is not going to be there. Right. Right. So that's what we're looking into next. Great. No, that that's excellent. Cause again, you know, we, we going back to the, you know, this idea that, that you guys are supporting so many different clients. So you piloted this with one group. Mm-hmm. Now we, we have a proven methodology in place mm-hmm. and we can start to look at the rest of our clients and, and start to add that value so that again, in your line of business, it's absolutely critical, right? That you're adding absolutely that level of value to your clients. But even in a, 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 a uh, a non BPO environment where we're just supporting one, mm-hmm. one type of business, you know, you are adding, you can use these tools to add value to the whole organization. Absolutely. Let's look at our actual operational procedures absolutely, and share that information with the rest of the organization. Absolutely. It's, it's the heartbeat of the center. Mm-hmm. The operational procedure is that's, what's going to make you go. If it's not flowing properly, if yep. that heart isn't flowing properly, mm-hmm. you can't pump blood to the other parts. Yep, And so it's, It'll go kaput yeah. and it doesn't work out well. And Absolutely. so the goal is to have gains. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, we scaled this. We had this with one uh, particular client and then we scaled it out to about five clients. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at those, we begin to scale it out even more and more. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at the operational process, if you will, for all, everyone mm-hmm. within the business across the board, business wide, not just one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I almost always say this in my sessions, but I can't believe how much, how this time has flown by. We're almost, we're almost at a half an hour um, now okay. at this point. So again, I just want to thank you so much for, no for that problem. experience. I think people are really going to appreciate, you know, hearing a real world example of how, you know, you can utilize these tools, you know, whatever tools you have available to you um, to really make a big impact. So I really appreciate that. I'm excited to share. Absolutely. So with that, I don't know if Nicole warned you. Um, and uh-huh. I definitely did not. Uh, I always, at the end of these, just to kind of keep things kind of lighthearted, what I always do is I ask people um, if you'd like to share uh, a joke, a riddle, or a brain teaser with the audience. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but do you have anything you want to, and Nicole went with the brain teaser and she completely stumped me. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it, uh, but um, I don't know if you have anything. Uh, let's see. Uh and you can think I can pot, I can cut out any silence events. So, so now let me see. What do you add to oil to make it boil? I have no idea. <laughs> you want to think on it? Oh, this is a brain teaser. <laughs> yes. What do you add to oil to make it boil? <laughs> a bee. <laughs> That was my easy. All right. Awesome. <laughs> you got it. No, good. I'm glad I, that's, I'm, I'm now, uh, one and one. So okay. I, I, okay. I, 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 you might've done that just to make me feel better, but I appreciate it. Cause man, <laughs> if I'd got, if I failed on this one too, uh, I know I'd never get a job at radio. I know I'd never be able to get employed there. Well, <laughs> well, it was so nice talking to you. Thank you, um, for allowing me to share my experience. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And again, uh, very, th- very thankful for you to spend your time here. Um, thank you for coming to the conference. I hope you've gotten a lot out of it, met some great people, had some good conversations. So, and, uh, uh, hopefully we'll see you again next year. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome.